Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hi and welcome to the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier. The Talking Wyndham podcast, of course, is brought to you by the Committee for Wyndham. And if you want to find out what they're all about, it is very simple. Uh, just go to the Facebook page or the website. You get all the details of what the committee is all about, who's in the committee and what they stand for, and, of course, all the programs that are on offer and how you can become a member of the Committee for Wyndham. In today's podcast, a long-time Wyndham resident, a two-time mayor of our city, long-time councillor until the very recent times, and, of course, someone who's very well-known in the city of Wyndham as uh, one of those great workers behind uh, Behind the scenes, Kim McElhaney has been a councillor and, as I mentioned, a mayor on two occasions and today spends a bit of time with us reflecting on that and talking about uh, how she feels about the future for the City of Wyndham. Kim, thanks very much for joining us on the Talking Wyndham podcast. You've had a very interesting history in the in the city of Wyndham, haven't you? Ah, uh, yes, I have, Kevin. Uh, very much so. You moved you moved here in uh, in two thousand. I mean, that's twenty years. So, geez, a lot's changed in twenty years. Well, it has, and um, if anyone had said to me that um, by two thousand and seven you'll move into a city, and I was coming here, I've recently divorced two two young children, two boys, Scott and James, if someone had said, you know, in seven years you'll stand for council and you'll be the mayor of a city, I would never, ever have a belief. <laughs> well, you actually had, uh, were you mayor twice? Yes, that's right. Yep. In 2011-12 and 2007-8. Well, let's look back on, on your time in council and, uh, and and finish this year, uh, but let's look back on uh, on what, what are your highlights? What are what are the good things that you look back on and that you're proud of that uh, were achieved uh, while you're in council? Look, um, I think the capital works budgets and being and being able to build communities because one of the biggest things is I think when I was here there was probably sixty thousand residents when I first got here and now we've got two hundred and ninety thousand residents. Obviously, it's stopped now with COVID nineteen. We we haven't had much. The numbers haven't increased this yeah. year. I don't think very much. But building communities is so important, and community connectedness for me. Dealing with all those stakeholders that was probably the most important for me. And when I left, I realised just how many I did deal with, with the number of calls. Over the years, my particular passion has been emergency management and emergency services, and that is because I stem back from my grassroots day as a 13-year-old being a cadet in St John Ambulance, and after 20-something years decided I needed to do something else other than first aid and um, attending public duties, and that's when I moved up to Wyndham and I joined the Transport Advisory Committee. And it was funny because being a single parent and trying to organise um, children and and going to work full time for a multinational company, I said to my father if um, he would mind my children one night a week so I could attend a, a committee meeting. So little did I know that I'd be doing a lot more committee meetings later yeah. on down the track. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pretty much, I mean, you're very much the road warrior and, and, and roads was yes. very much a, a, an incredibly important and still is a very important issue uh, in, in our city. But that's pretty much where it started. But geez, you had to, had to sort of hit the ground running and learn quick, didn't you, about a whole number of other things? Oh, look, you, 
I don't think um, councillors that are elected really realise what they're getting themselves in for. The commitment, 20, 30 hours a week, you're dealing with people from the public from all different areas. It's it's a commitment that you've really got to be dedicated to do. It's It, it does affect your lifestyle. Um, it wasn't unusual for me to drag my children along to different events, and I know not always they wanted to come, but yeah, um, they finally. Um, and and it was interesting because when I came up here for my my children's school, when I actually um, was defeated in two thousand and twelve, it was the year that my son finished VCE, and the entire time from primary school to secondary school, um, it was like. Their schooling had finished and my career on council had finished, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, I came back four years later, winning by one vote yeah. um, with candidates of 41 um, candidates in the, in the ward. I still to this day think I was meant to be there. When you win by one vote and then on a recount the day after um, Cup Day, you realise that you were meant to be there. Was was council something that uh, I mean? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Um, I I loved. I mean, the financial aspect, the governance side of things. Uh, I was on the road safety committee. I was on numerous different committees. I loved working with the emergency services and the safety aspects, the, the neighbourhood watch, and that that's of recent times. The crime stoppers, yeah, the, and being able to build. Parks, gardens, um, and at major community centres. Not many people, not many councillors get the opportunity to uh, build three or four community centres in a year. Some might see that in a in a term, one community centre in a term. We were building three or four community centres in one go. It's a huge and and when people say, "Oh, what do council do?" If only they sat in the sh- the shoes of the CEO or the mayor to see exactly what we do 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 because at the end of the day when things go wrong like in this pandemic it's really important that you've got the council on your side there's that sense of satisfaction when you can see you know bricks and mortar and the, and the things that are that are happening you can see them actually built uh, what what's the frustrating part of council in terms of being a councillor and the things we don't see that uh, that we don't know about that that you try and get done that you can't get done Probably behind the scenes, the politics sometimes. Um, sometimes I'm a person that, um, you know, I have certain standards and principles and, and they don't always align with what um, others might expect. And that was one of the reasons why I left council. There's a lot of work behind council, a lot of reading. I love a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you've got, a hun- you've got one of the biggest employers in the city is our council. They hire over 1,800 people part-time and full-time. It's a really serious business. And to be able to achieve uh, a budget at the end of the end of the term, um, and a lot of people don't always like reading annual reports, you know, they go, it's boring, but that's the achievement of council. When you see 13 uh, babies being born in the city of Wyndham and and one of them, one of them, twelve months ago, was my beautiful grandson. Uh-huh. That really gave me perspective. Really gave me perspective of how important what we do as a council. You as mentioned you, move, you mentioned what yeah. a multi-million dollar business it actually is. Uh, on the downside of that, is it difficult to get things done because you're a you're a part-time employee in many ways? 
Uh, yes. Um, I think one of the things, and, and I, I've said this recently, um, building good relationships, you've got, you're, you're an elected official and you've got the organisation. So it's really important to build those relationships with the organisation. Just because you're a, an elected official doesn't mean to say you're one, you're only one vote. Mm. You're only one vote at the end of the day. And it's important that you, we all work together as a team. And, and I've said that from day one. But as you, as you can see, things are coming out in politics these days. It's not exactly, it's not always the, the great environment that it used to be where everybody works together. But, um, you've still got to keep, keep striving to, to achieve your goals. One of the biggest achievements in recent times for, for me was getting the towards uh, a quality strategy out of council. And uh, that was important. Um, there was some delays on that. And while it, it passed just after I left, um, I was very happy with that. Yep. And, and also building the relationships. You know, uh, one of the things that is really important to me is um, all the stakeholders all the, the community people, the people that um, are forgotten, the vulnerable people, and I felt I, I was the voice for them. Aged care is obviously something that is a, is a passion of yours, so, uh, an area that you worked in as well as obviously advocated for and uh, and and represented as yeah. a, as a councillor. It's a, and it's been one that certainly, uh, given the pandemic, is in in our city has been in the been in the spotlight a lot. Is it in a good place? I think uh, there will be many. Well, there's already investigations going on uh, from an aged care perspective. Um, from a federal level, uh, it's hard when it's at a federal level, dealing from a state level and even from a local government level. I have been following following it intensely in our city and it is a real concern to me. Um, we've got some wonderful, absolutely wonderful, dedicated nurses, personal care attendants, and they contact me regularly. You know, I spoke to one recently, three of her um, residents had died one after the other within yeah. 24 hours. And it just puts a lot of things into perspective. Mm. It really does. COVID-19, I just hope we can get a vaccine for it soon because I think everybody's over it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of ramifications come out of COVID-19 after it. I've been able to keep myself busy. In that period, I'm on a number of boards, as you know, but I'm also studying a diploma of justice. So that has kept me going and keeping me sane. What are you going to do with that, the Department of Justice uh, diploma, when you get it? Um, oh, look, there's various opportunities. Um, I'm currently doing some, uh, well, I work very closely with the Royal Victorian of Honorary Justices, and um, I'm, I'm the chair of the Bail Justice Committee. Uh, for the association and I'm currently trialling uh, remote hearings uh, for Victoria. Right. So I've been involved with that. Previously, we used to have to get out of bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, but with COVID, um, that put a bit of a dampener. Well, not a dampener. It's probably could be better in the future. But it's been able, we've been able to um, hold remote hearings from the police station in our own home. That came about fairly quickly because... Uh, I was one of the first bail justices to come in contact with a COVID nineteen offender, so obviously I had to isolate, and uh, right. it made it it made it a little bit difficult because I, I don't think people realise when you're in isolation, all of a sudden you can't see your parents that you care give to, you can't see your grandchildren. Yeah, it was hard at the time. 
Yeah, we're in the middle of a, a council election at the moment. In terms of uh, everyone's got their their ballots in the paper, and uh, they're, they're huge. The number of candidates we have in, in this uh, in this city is is enormous. Um, I know I have thirty eight or thirty nine in in my particular ward that I that I live in, which is ridiculous. Can you see change happening in those sorts of areas uh, in the future that we won't be dealing with those sorts of things? And is is that kind of thing uh, a threat to council's existence? Uh, yes, I think it is. Last year we had 95 candidates. This year we have 86. Geelong, our neighbour, has 39. Uh, I believe between Melton, Mooney Valley, Hobson's Bay and Footscray, they have candidates between 38 and 42. You have to question why we've got 86 in our city. Yeah. Personally, uh, I know that uh, Councillor Barlow has uh, indicated uh, his concerns and I have real concerns for it because we need good quality candidates. And as I've said before, this is one of the biggest employees in the city. Having the right voice that represents us is extremely important. They need to be community-minded. They need to understand the, uh, the parameters of their role as well and have a long-term vision for our city. I, ha- As I said, have real concerns, but we'll see what happens. I'm amazed. I can tell you I found it very difficult to even pick 11 candidates out of the whole. 86. Yeah. Um, we'll just see where it goes. I'll be watching it intensely, but it is important. And and I, and I've said to people, and I've said it to my children: every vote counts. Every single vote counts. Uh, don't think that your vote doesn't count because I'm I'm one of those people that gone in on one vote. Your um and your your experience and the experience of people like Henry Barlow and and you know the Pat Goodwins of the world who've been on council for for a number of years and. Uh, Shane Burke and the, the names that we know from uh, from many years on council. Do, do, do council candidates tap into your experience? I mean, have you had phone calls from candidates sort of asking you for advice in this kind of period that we're in at the oh, moment? Most definitely. I've had numerous people ringing me up and um, a lot of people were a bit astounded when I left. Um, it was really lovely to hear from a number of people, even on my Safer Communities portfolio, which... I valued very much um, the work that I did with with um, the residents there. A number of women ring me on a regular basis, and it's funny you mentioned Pat Goodwin because Pat Goodwin um, was one of the first female shire presidents and is a valued friend of mine, and she mentors me on a regular basis even now. Yeah, no, Pat's Pat's an absolute beauty. Is the gender issue uh, an issue uh, within our council? Well, after I left, there's only two. Females out of 11 on our council, we obviously need, when you've got community centres being built, when you've got 50% females in this community, we need to have a balance. I'm not about quotas. I'm about the right people for the job. But when you have, as I said before, 13 babies every day being born here and community centres and maternal and health, they are so critical. All those, the kinders, all of those things are critical and we need to have a balanced voice. We get better decision-making from having a balanced voice. I don't want to see people sitting in, in the chamber, and I, I reflected this recently, I don't want to see people following other people. I want to see people that have a voice, and that is really important in this election, that every, all 11 candidates have a voice, 
and their voice is respected. Now that you're out of the uh, the council chambers, uh, is uh, is pay an issue? Is uh, are we not attracting the right candidates, or would we attract better candidates if we offered more money as a remuneration for for councillors? I think probably uh, three. You've got eleven candidates. I think probably uh, maybe four or five full time people. Uh, I don't think it works the way it is. I know that I've had to compromise some of the things in my career to be a councillor. Yep. And and you could ask Councillor Henry Barlow that too. If you do your job good as a councillor, then it's very hard to to do a full time job. And and I mean, there's obviously areas you can't work for. You, whoever you work for can sometimes compromise where you sit in the council on a certain uh, decision that's going on. So you have to be mindful of that as well, which obviously well, curtails con- who you can work for. Yeah. And look, I'm very conscious of conflicts of interest. Um, one of the things I stood on was good governance. If I ever had a conflict, I certainly uh, declared it. Even perception of a conflict, yeah. I, I declared my conflict. The issues that face the the city of uh, Wyndham at the moment, what what do you see as the kind of the the top uh, the top shelf there? I think the growth, the lag in tra- transport is a massive issue. I think also one of the big key things is family violence. We have one of the one of the top in the western area, family violence. That's um, I think it's increased in the last four years, seventeen percent. So that is a that is a, a an important issue that needs to be addressed. I think we need to have our justice precinct, which I've been lobbying for for many years. We need a court system, access to justice. Weren't, and we, I don't weren't think, we going to get that instead of the jail? I think we were going to get both actually. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've got a a $44 million police station that's being built and should be finished early this year that can house up to 500 police, state-of-the-art, and it's the second biggest police station in Victoria, my understanding. So that'll be opening up early next year. I'd hope to see the court system. We've got a Werribee court is out of date. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an instance. When I was sworn in as a bail, not a bail justice, a justice of the peace in 2004, they called me in and they, um, I was sworn in by the magistrate in the, the, the holding cell, actually, because there was no room. Is that the first so, time you've been in the holding cell, Kim, or not? No, I'm only joking. Of, of um. course, of course. <laughs> oh, well, sometimes there's a bail justice you end in there, but um, sometimes. But uh, that court, uh, the overcrowding, we need a new court. We absolutely need a new court. And I've yep. stood out the front of that place many a day and uh, perpetrators and uh, victims uh, in together, it's just, it's not right. Yep. And another thing is, and it really made me, I knew we had a huge problem and I've been studying family violence. When um, the treasurer, our local member in 2017, I think it was, hands down a $1.9 billion budget to do with family violence. That says it all. The biggest amount in history, even in Australia. It was huge. And as a bail justice, I do see it. Yeah. Uh, as a resident and a, and a ratepayer and a you know former councillor, are you uh, are you optimistic about the future of the city of Wyndham and where we're heading? Uh, yes, I am. And we, if we get the right candidates, most definitely. I love living here. Uh, I love the people. I love, love the community. And I love my beautiful grandson <laughs> that uh, came around. Uh, a little while ago, his smile and, and, you know, I hope to take him to uh, kinder one day. I hope to be able to take him to play school 
I've already looking at a couple of places <laughs> uh, uh, on, on my special day that I have on a Monday with him. Over the years, the 20 years, I have done absolutely so much. Um, I'm involved with the Think Pink Foundation for breast cancer. Yep. And we're doing some amazing things since COVID-19. I'm on the Victorian Veterans Council and I'm still uh, the chair of the Community Advisory Committee for the Greater Metropolitan Cemeteries Trust. So I'm busy in a number of areas, but uh, I'm very passionate in those areas. And I think that if you've got the passion, it's not hard work. Yeah. It's not hard work at all. Uh, Just two things to finish, Uh, two messages. One, a message from you as a counsellor about the way people treat counsellors. What would you like to say to people who, you know, who are the ratepayers and the residents of this city and the the way they treat counsellors and how counsellors best respond to, you know, the the way they talk to? Because it's very easy to pot counsel and to pot counsellors, but uh, how would you like to sort of... Talk to the people about uh, how they how they treat the councillors. Uh, I would say we are ratepayers like you. We pay rates. We are representing you. When I get a phone call, I respect the person on the phone. It doesn't matter who it is. I would like the same courtesy. There's been times where, yes, we do get those phone calls, but I have to say 95% of the time, if you call those people back, you have already won them over mm. because you've called them back. We're just trying to do the best for the community. Yes, there are the hidden agendas and you can work those ones out for yourself. I'll, I'll never look back. It's been fantastic. And I just think res- the word respect goes a long way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what would your message be to the successful candidates who, who get onto council uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time? I hope that when they make decisions, they make them in the best interest of this, of this community. I hope the decisions will be informed and they will be supported with due diligence and they will have a voice in the chamber. Beautiful. Kim, thanks Thanks, thanks so much for your time and uh, and thanks so much for your service to the community. I'm sure it, it will continue in, in various forms and ways uh, over, the, over the years to come, but uh, thanks for your time on the Talking Women podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks to Kim McElhaney for her time. And I'm sure Kim will continue to be a tireless worker in the city of Wyndham for many, many years to come. In between, of course, duties with her grandson. Uh, Thanks for your time for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I certainly uh, enjoyed presenting it and look forward to joining you again soon on the Talking Wyndham podcast for the Committee for Wyndham. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.